0: and girls, and welcome to a special sinus infection episode of Scry. I am the Seer, and I will be editing out all the sniffles, coughs, and nose blowing throughout this episode as I bring to you four true tales of paranormal experiences. I can only hope that the rest of you are feeling better than I am. I also hope that those listeners in the United States enjoyed their Labor Day weekend. For those outside the US, Labor Day weekend marks the unofficial end of summer, which means that fall is nearly here, and that, boys and girls, means one thing. Halloween will be upon us soon, and I, for one, cannot wait. Let's dive into our stories, shall we? Looking into the obsidian mirror, I see our first tale taking form. Shared by Owl, Here's his experience of being out in the woods and living off the land. You guys are gonna think this is bullshit, but it is absolutely true. When I was a kid, during summer break, my brother and I would have survival competitions. We would see who could live the longest time with the least equipment. When I was 15, I bet him I could go out with only the clothes on my back and whatever we had in our pockets at the time. He agreed. All we had between us was our normal clothes, work boots, and each had a pocket knife. Our grandfather dropped us off at different locations. I remember I had rabbit that night. Anyway, after 10 days, I had my camp all set. That evening, I heard someone call into my camp. Hello. I called back to come on in. Even at 15, I could take most grown men in a fight as I was 5'9", 195 pounds, and well-trained. So I wasn't worried too much, but I kept an eye on him nonetheless. He was an older man, about 55 if I had to guess, and rather small. We talked for a bit, and I shared the fish I had mud-baked in the coals of my fire. We talked a bit more about nothing in particular, and he stood and told me that he had to leave. Goodbye. Before he left, he said he had noticed that my water was running low, that it looked as if it were going to rain, and that if it did, the spring I had cleaned out may get fouled. I thanked him for his company and I wished him luck. About an hour later, it was getting dark and I decided to take his advice and get water. I had just finished when the sky opened up and it started raining like pouring piss out of a boot. On the way back to camp, I actually got a little confused about the direction. It was dark and raining like you wouldn't believe. The wind was howling like a banshee and lightning was popping all around, which isn't a good thing when you're in the woods. When I finally found my camp, I didn't recognize it. During the storm, a large oak had been blown over by the wind and took out most of it, including my little shelter. That night was the last night my brother and I spent in the woods during that summer. For years, I thought it was creepy that the old man had suggested that I get water. I would have likely been in the shelter when the tree fell. Then I found out what creepy really was. Flash forward 11 years. When I was 26, my father died of a massive heart attack. Before I finish, I should explain something. My father married a second time after my mother divorced him. Why should I add that? Because his second wife wasn't much of a wife. When he died, she told my brother and I that we had to take care of the arrangements because if my father had any debts, it would be our responsibility. Anyway. She turned his funeral and estate over to us. She thought he was completely broke. We made the arrangements and, after the funeral, we were going through his belongings. My mother was there, as was my grandfather. We were thumbing through some of the family pictures when I actually saw the old man who had visited my camp when I was 15. I told my grandfather that this was the man who saved my life during the storm. No, can't be, son. I was puzzled. My grandfather explained that the man in the picture was Samuel, my great great grandfather, and that he had died in 1939. Wise Owl, thank you for sharing that story. That was certainly some good timing to fetch your water, and I am glad that your ancestor was watching out for you. My condolences on your father, and as your phantom visitor shows, death is not the end. Not by any means. Thank you again for that tale. Moving out of the woods and into a more residential setting. We hear from Warhound55, who describes an experience that he shared with his wife and real estate agent while house hunting. Here is his encounter. Alright, we were moving from Illinois to Indiana and dead set on it. Our buyer's agent had set a pretty aggressive schedule for seeing houses on our second day of looking at properties. We were having no luck as of yet, as it was either a nice house and no pasture, or vice versa. Anyhow, we were looking at a nice piece of property with 11 acres and a nice sized pond. The newer barn and corral were located in the back of the parcel. Not bad so far. Hopeful, we went into the house and started looking around room to room. The house was an old turn of the century farmhouse with an addition and outdated carpet. As we went through the downstairs, the door to the basement was padlocked on the kitchen side. The first bad sign. What? Secondly, as we went from room to room upstairs, following the agent, he comes shooting out of a bedroom he had just entered. As he went past me and back down the stairs, his eyes were the size of the big clock hanging on the wall by where my wife was standing. Being curious as to what had caused such a strong reaction and had visibly shaken the man, I poked into the bedroom. My wife was right behind me as we slowly entered the room, and the hair and nerves stood at red alert. The room was larger with a closet at one end. The door was shut. Noting nothing out of the ordinary so far, I started to identify the real feeling of sheer terror as I slowly slid that closet door open. What I could only describe as a breeze fluttered through the faces of my wife and I. I almost bowled her over as we both turned and sprinted out of the room and down the stairs. We wound up outside where the agent was leaning back against his caddy, white faced. Our goosebumps still at attention, we asked him what he saw. He muttered, that he didn't see anything, but would never go into that house again because of how something blew directly into his face from that closet. My wife and I looked at each other and got into the car. We drove out the driveway right under that creepy window of that bedroom, and I swear, something had to have been waving by. 55 thank you for sharing your encounter with us apparently whatever was in that house did not want you or anyone else to claim that home i am always relieved that my wife and i bought a home that wasn't haunted or at least isn't haunted yet yet being the key word as when i go i am haunting the crap out of my family Thanks again, Warhound55. When we return, we will hear from Slotted, who shares with us a tale of a dream that he hopes was just that, a dream and nothing more. But first, this brief message. Hi, this is JC, host of Mission Spooky. And this is Kiki. Join us every other Tuesday as we teach you about historical sites in Pennsylvania and surrounding states. And we talk about paranormal subjects like ghosts, shadow people, magic, and cryptids. We also choose some of the more peculiar places and events of Pennsylvania to discuss as well. So please join us for some strange fun. And historical subjects wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. welcome back to scry sleeping is one of my favorite pastimes even though i rarely get enough of it there's just something about the world of dreams and how they take shape that i find fascinating but what if there was more to a dream slotted tells of an experience that they had one night in a rundown hotel in australia Let's listen in. Quite a few years ago now, I traveled with a music band in a bus from here in Melbourne to Sydney to help them whilst they were playing gigs up there. Me and a muso friend that came with me stayed together in King's Cross in a semi-sleazy hotel for a few days. While I was in the hotel one night, snuggled up in bed, I opened the bedside drawer and pulled out a Gideon's Bible of all things. Having heard of Revelations, I was curious, so I found the book and started reading about the end-of-day's description of John and the Beast with Seven Heads and all of that for the very first time. I became rather tired and fell asleep, pondering in my mind's eye on what day will the world truly end. The next thing I know, I was up in the sky, very high in the atmosphere, and I was at this strange building that I can only describe as a library in the sky. I wanted to get into this building because I knew it had the information I was seeking when I fell asleep, so I proceeded to sneak in there. I felt like I had to sneak in as there were strange cloaked beings of light patrolling the place. Whilst in there, I came across a massive ancient leather bound book of unusual description and proceeded to open it to a page. On this page, and the adjoining page, were the following words. So it shall be. The world will end. On these days, this will be so. That was written in an unusual, flourished, ancient-looking script on the left page. And on the right page, it had a series of numbers. Blank, blank. 11, 9, 5, 3. When I read the two pages and numbers, I freaked out. Oh, fuck. It was a very, very heavy emotional feeling of incredible distress, but I had to remember it was my thoughts. I thought to myself just after reading that I needed to remember this information and take it back to my waking body. I couldn't forget it when I awoke. But the first two numbers, where I have inserted the blanks, somehow would not become clear in my mind, even though I had seen them. I remember a cloaked being of light for want of better description, came nearby, I sensed. So I had to make a move out of there. I was sprung somehow, I think. When I woke up that morning, I had a full-on nervous breakdown and had uncontrollable crying for three whole days. I could not speak either. My vocal cords just would not work. I had a prearranged meeting with an old muso mate who lived in Sydney, and when I saw him, I was just broken with tears and had to try to tell him I can't talk. (laughs) He was shocked and didn't know what happened. Really shocked. We hugged and I stayed with him for a night. This really happened to me when I was 21 years of age quite a few years ago now. Make of it what you will, however, it may be hard to fathom as being real, but it happened. I've always wondered what those first two numbers were in that string of numbers. I still can't recollect to this day. Perhaps it's just better I don't know. God bless you all. Slotted, thank you for that story. I certainly hope this vision of yours was merely a dream. The fact that you could remember numbers from a dream is outstanding. Personally, I wonder about the accuracy of those numbers. I would have assumed the numbers would be 2020. By the way that the world is going this year. Thank you again for sharing that tale. In our final tale, BLK00SS recalls an experience that was shared by his mother on a stormy southern night. Here is their story. This one isn't something that happened to me. It was my mother who told it to me a few times over the years. She isn't the type of person to make something like this up. Now, whether or not it actually went down like this, or it was her mind playing tricks on her, who knows? But I know she believes every word of it to be gospel. My mom grew up in a very old shotgun house in a small town about an hour northwest of Birmingham. This shotgun-style house sat on top of a small hill. There is a creek that runs through the bottom of the holler about 50 yards away from the house. This house was heated by a wood stove and box fans in the window for A.C. in the hot Alabama summers. They didn't get running water until the mid-80s. When I was a boy, I could still remember my grandpa using the outhouse. They had plumbing by this time, but old habits and all. Mom had a sister that was a few years older than her. When this took place... My mom was around 10 or 11 years old. My aunt would have been around 14 or 15. They had a mare that was used to plow their small garden, and it doubled as their family pet. So here they are in the deep south, on a very hot and humid night in the middle of the summer. A storm had just popped up, and it was closing in on midnight. Everyone was up because of the thunder and heavy rain. My grandpa made his way out to the pasture to take the horse to the barn to get him out of the rain. Just a few moments passed by when he came in the house to tell everyone the horse had broken the fence and was out. So everyone sets out on a search party to find him. Grandma and Grandpa went high towards the main road about an eighth of a mile from the house, while Mom and my Aunt went down towards the creek, following the small road in front of the house. As they got closer to the bottom of the holler, they started to hear things. They both heard it at the same time, stopped dead in their tracks, and looked at one another. Asking, almost simultaneously, if each had heard that. They claim they could hear a baby crying in the distance. Well, neither one had a reason to be scared. They both thought it was legitimately a baby crying. Maybe dropped off or something. So they went closer towards it. The closer they got, the farther away the crying became, almost as if they were walking away from it, but both swear they were headed towards the crying. Just as they got to the small bridge where the road crosses over the creek, they hear something else. It sounded like chains dragging down the road. They both were excited because they thought they had found the horse finally. But the same thing happened as with the baby crying. They took off towards the sound, and the closer they got, the further away the sound seemed to get. I guess they finally thought something was up and decided to head back towards the house to get Grandpa and Granny. As they're running up to the house, Granny and Grandpa are standing on the front porch. They yell at them that they hear the horse walking down the road with its bridle dragging the ground. Granny looks at them as if they're crazy. She says to them that they've already found the horse. He's back up in the barn out of the rain. They just chalk it up to the wind blowing or something like that. Until a few years later, when my mom gets a little bit older, she had finally heard a story that kind of put things into perspective for her. Come to find out, there was an old house place in the bottom of that holler back around the Great War era. The story goes like this. The husband and wife had just gotten married and were expecting. Well, the husband gets drafted. He goes off overseas and never comes back. The wife finally gets word that her husband was killed in action. This completely destroyed the woman. It was too much for her to deal with. A very young mom with a newborn that just found out her only love was killed. She decided to kill herself. For some unknown reason, she had left the newborn outside in a crib. Then she hung herself in a nearby tree. Wouldn't you know that she had done the deed with a piece of chain? The way the baby was found was a passerby could hear the baby crying out nonstop. LK00SS Thank you for sharing that with us That is a perfect campfire story if I have ever heard one I love these kind of tales and I love that your mother shared the experience with your aunt as well This type of story is one of those that just becomes fun family lore Thank you again for sharing that And with that It is time to wrap up this seance of sound. If you have a true encounter that you would like to share, please submit your story at scrypod.com, scrypodcast at gmail.com, or leave us a voicemail at 573-203-8668. We are waiting for your stories. Thank you once again to all those who have shared their encounters with us thus far. Special thanks to Mew and Shadow Vibe, whose music appears courtesy of a Creative Commons license. Check out the show notes for more info on these talented artists. And while you are checking out those show notes, check out the link to Mission Spooky, our podcast recommendation of the episode. Mission Spooky is a seriously fun show that is hosted by two great people. So why not keep the spook factor rolling and check out Mission Spooky, you'll be glad that you did. And with that, it is once again time to close the gate and banish back all things dark. And as always, say goodbye. This is Scry.